0: Hello and welcome to the Odds of betting show sponsored by 888 Sport. This is a weekend racing preview looking ahead to the weekend's racing at Ascot and at Haydock including the Ascot Chase. I'm your host George Ellick and Andy Holding is on holiday very well deserved so today I am joined by Rory DeLarkey and Andrew Thornton and 888 Sport ambassador Barry Geraghty. Stay tuned to hear Barry Geraghty's thoughts on the Arkle after Edward Stone's win last weekend at Warwick.
1: Better horse than he was a hurler. I thought he's got very professional. He has a lot of experience too, so
0: I think the Arkle is wide open. We have an in depth Ascot chase preview with Rory suggesting that a 92 shot should be favourite.
2: He's very, very effective when the ground is, is testing. Um, and again, he doesn't quite stay three miles. A so two mile five in, in this grind should be absolutely ideal.
0: We discuss whether or not a former star could get back to former glories.
3: He's a classy horse. He probably needs things to go right for him. He certainly deserves a crack at this. And he's he's in there with a, a good chance off the back of a perfect preparation.
0: And finally, a 13-year-old in the Grand National Trial at Haydock for Andrew Thornton.
3: I'm in agreement with Rory. God, his last two wins at Haydock have been... Blown,
0: blown, blown them apart. Always good to catch up with 888 Sport Ambassador Barry Garrity and look back at the weekend's racing we've just had before casting our glances at what's coming up this weekend coming. Um, let's start at Newbury. Uh, a few impressive performances there, but I think we have to kick off with the Brave Man's game in the, in the opener. What did he make of that win over Pat Fancy? Yeah, it was good. It was a good performance in a handicap
1: and um, he jumped reasonably well. I thought he was very clever at the cross fence which is a tricky fence. The fourth last he put in an extra straight but I think Harry was maybe looking for a little bit more than he should have been um, but he was very good over the last three. gave them a lot of air which for me was a reflection of what he had in the tank. Um, Harry then afterwards was quick to point out that he'd rather drop him in and take a lead um, which I think is interesting and I think he, if a high senior and gallop and the champ were to line up in the RSA, I think a high senior could be a help for Bradman's mm. game to ensure an end to end Gallop because I think he's is a horse who stays really well. and I wonder if he just lacked the pace for the ballymore last year. So I think a really strongly run three mile is gonna suit him. So I think a high senior could even be he might be hard might be hard to beat, but the pace element I think is a it would be beneficial to Bradman's game.
0: Yeah, and looking over as well at, uh, at happenings at Warwick, we saw um, Edward Stone justify favouritism, uh, 10 to 11 there, a bit of a return to form. You know, on the show last week, I think everyone was agreed and, and maybe third time lucky being being the one to, to side with the head of this race. And now Edward Stone into, into favourite for the Arkle. Do you think that's fair?
1: Yeah, it was a very good performance and, and he was particularly quick and slick over the last two. And... Um, He's a horse who has improved all the way through, all the season. He's, he's he's a better horse than he was a hurler. I thought he's got very professional. He has a lot of experience too. So I think the arc is wide open. It probably stand, it, it probably lacks a superstar, but I think he is the best of them. He's a worthy favourite. You'd have to just wonder about Third Time Lucky. He was 14 days after his win in Doncaster, and he reportedly picked up an overreach on the occasion. So whether we saw Third Time Lucky at his best, I'm not fully certain. But I think Warwick would be more favourable to him than Cheltenham. I think the Hill and Cheltenham would play more to Edwardstone's strengths than Third Time Lucky anyway. So I tell it was a good performance by the winner. Mm-hmm. He's probably the right favourite for the Arkle, and um, but it, it's a very very open race. Well,
0: Rory, looking at the Arkell odds now, um, Edwardstone's two to one ahead of Blue Lord at three to one, Riviera de Tell, four to one, Horton on eight to one, Saint Sam ten to one. So a whole stack of Irish horses sitting in behind him in the market. Do, do you think what Edward Stone has done so far does put him ahead of those, uh, the Irish challenges?
2: Yeah, he's, he sets the standard. Um, the um, the Irish article is a slightly messy race, but it's it's, it's better race than it looks um, at the time. But Sam, um, obviously with Blue Lord, not quite um, finishing the races that looked like he might and just sort of scrambling home from Riviera to tell. I think that put a few people off, but Edward Stone's form has, has been tremendously solid. He's, he's, it's not just a case of that run at Warwick being an absolutely top class one for a novice, but he'd already won a Grade one uh, at Sandown and he backed that up with winning the Wayward Lads. So he's got three performances um, that, that rate really well in terms of collateral form and in terms of time as well. So he definitely deserves to be favorite for that race. Um, I think closer to the off, there might be opposition to him because he's run three times at Cheltenham. And he's been unplaced on all three of those runs. Um, that's slightly misleading. I thought, I thought he ran really well on the county hurdle last year um where he was finishing off pretty strongly and beaten less than three lengths into fifth um but people will look at that and, and they'll probably you know if you've got a horse who's run at Cheltenham three times been on place three times and yet has got a very very good record elsewhere people will just say that he's not suited by the track um and alan king i think is at 86 consecutive losers at the festival as well so he's going to be a lot of people's on a lot of people's list as uh, as the lay of the day um on the opening day of the festival so you might end up getting better rods um then than you will now but there's no doubt that what he's achieved over fences uh, Put them right in the front rank.
0: We're, we're pretty lucky here to have two jockeys who've ridden over a thousand winners. Uh, Andrew, not often you're on a podcast with someone who's ridden more winners than you, so you're doing well to uh, to, to keep your cool here. But if you, <laughs> for putting the question to both of you, Andrew and Barry, if, if you had to choose now um, looking at the article, to, to to sit on one horse, would you would you be choosing Edward Stone?
3: I, I'd I'd be choosing Edward Stone because I think he's just a he was a good hurdler. He's just a far better chaser. You know the, the, the how quick he is over the fences. To see him go around there, taking a, a neck and a neck here and there out of good jumpers um, sets him apart. And bearing in mind he's, you know, they had a goal last year with him. He just got unlucky, didn't he? Uh, got mm. brought down and things just didn't pan out for him. It might have panned out in his favour because it's given him a, another season against hardened handicappers over hurdles when he's put up some solid performances. He's that year stronger now, and I think it'll it'll help him help him no end. And for me, he's he's just if you could say he's a storm better over fences than he is over hurdles, that that could just set him apart. And it hasn't spoilt him by having another season over hurdles, which he can do with some horses, but not him. That's how I'd see it, Barry.
1: Yeah, no, I think as I said, he's a worthy favourite. The horse that really interests me is is Saint Sam. And um, I thought he ran a cracker mm. at Leopardstone. He did too much to them. To the the most part of the race really, but still managed to stay on really well. His jumping was hit and miss at times, but I think it'd be better for the experience. Um, But he has raced with a hood in the past over hurdles. And I just wonder, will that hood go back on for the festival? I think if it did, that would help him settle. I think that would help his jumping. Um, And he, to me, was the horse
0: to maybe take out of the Irish Arquid, so he could be a little bit of value. Interesting, and before we do look ahead uh, to the Irish racing on Sunday with you, Barry, just quickly, Four weeks today, it will be the Thursday of the festival. We've spoken a lot about the stayers in the past, but a quick look at the at the Ryanair, which I feel is kind of a race that's under previewed a bit, a bit if that's even possible uh, at the Cheltenham Festival these days. Uh, but Aloha is the even money favourite ahead of Anugameen, who, of course, we don't expect to take up um, his uh, entry here. Aplutard, similar story at 10 to 1, conflated to 10 to 1, St. Calvados 10 to 1, Blue 12 to 1. That Aloho at kind of Even Money, you know, Rory there saying the Edward Stone will be, be a, a horse of plenty willing to take on. I think that Aloho at Even Money will be one of the biggest bankers or perceived bankers of the festival after that performance last year. C- can you see anything coming close to, to to getting near him?
1: On his performance last year, I don't think so. Um, you know, we all have had question marks what was going to happen to him after <clears> the <throat> tough race he had with John Durkin first time, but he put that to bed with his performance in Turnus last time. Um, he was brilliant last year. He's going to be very hard to beat. And... Um, if you're looking for value in the opposition, I think Farouk, uh, Fakadudarí, sorry, is probably a main contender. And the horse who I'm interested in is Fanny and Desterval. Just interesting how he goes on Saturday because he could be valued mm-hmm. in the each market. Now, he's 40 lengths behind um, Fakadudarí in this race last year, um, but as a six-year-old. So I think there is improvement there. Obviously, Venetius horse is on fire as
0: well. So, um, he could be a
1: mover on Saturday because
0: I think he could go well. <laughs> Um, let's look at Sunday um, over in Navan, and we've got a couple of interesting races. We've got the Boyne Hurdle and the Ten Up Chase as well, Barry. Uh, any there to catch you? I, obviously we're recording this on Thursday, so not confirmed in terms of who runs, but we have a decent idea. Yeah, well, the Boyne Hurdle has
1: ended up a very strong race, um, and penalties. It probably swings on, on penalties really. But just Saliere who disappointed his last couple of runs, and um, he has the ability. And um, mm-hmm. the Russell has been a good form. The Real Deal tried chasing early on in the season, he had great form last season, Darber stars is back from fences to hurdles, placed in a champion hurdle in the past, and Ronald Pump as well, he disappointed at both Ascot and Leperson last time, where he had run a cracker, he was only eight lengths behind Honeysuckle in the Hatton's Grace, I think if he reproduced that form, he's the one to beat, um, so you have a lot of horses who have their bibs in recent times but have good form. Um, but of the ones getting the weight, um, I thought Ronald Pump is interesting, and Darver Starr, I thought was a little bit unlucky in in Linkfield, just to get racing a bit early, and I think he was outstayed in the deck by brewing up the storm. So I think Darver Starr is one with a squeak, but Ronald Pump, if he puts his best foot forward, I think he's the one to have to beat.
0: One on pump, then there in the Boyne Hurdle. Rory, any views on these in these races over at Navan uh, on Sunday?
2: No, I, I, I must say I've not, um, I've not looked at the Boyne or the Ten Up um, as yet, so I'll not, um, I'll not throw a guess in at this
0: <laughs> Barry, uh, we'll talk about the Ten Up then as well before we let you go. Uh, any views here?
1: Yeah, I think can hold the key to this one. Um, they have uh, Farouk de Len and they have Runwell Fred. Runwell Fred, who won the Tri Town, he was second in the Irish National. Um, he was second to Fury Road in Leopardstown in a snowy run race. I think the conditions on Sunday would be very soft, if even heavy, are going to suit him. He has plenty of experience. He's getting weight as well, which is a big plus From and um, I think he's the one to beat if he turns up. Uh, if he didn't, Farouk Len would be next best. Um, likewise, good form in soft ground, second to Master McShee, and second to Statler and Nace last time. Um, and then you have Beacon Edge, who would have good form, fell last time, uh, he had won the War prior to that, but I don't think he's in love with fences, and I can't imagine the fall he had in Leperestown is going to help his confidence for the weekend. So I'd be very much against him, but I'd be with the other two Jacobson runners.
0: Excellent stuff. Great to hear from you as ever. 888 Sport Ambassador Barry Garrity sharing his thoughts on last weekend's racing and a decent little card at Navin on Sunday as well. Speak next week. Cheers, George. Thank you. On to Ascot now on Saturday. Uh, as I said, we're recording this just after midday on Thursday. So final decks are in, but it does mean that there aren't prices in all of the races. So we're going to do the, the middle four the 150, the, one, the 225, the three o'clock, and the 338, starting with the Bateau London Reynolds Town Novice Chase. Um, and we've got Does He Know is the five to two favourite ahead of Annual Invictus at seven or two. Coach Rambler, 7-2. to Doyen Breed, 11-2. Fernhill, 10-1. to and Froid, 14-1. Uh, these are, of course, best prices you can find on the OddsChecker app. So do download that now so you can see the best prices as well. And you can see all place terms, uh, bookie offers, free bets, and the rest of it too. But come to you first here, Rory, for the, the second race
2: at Ascot. Um, I think the market's a bit upside down here um, at first glance. I don't think, does he know, should be favorite for this race. Um, He ran once on heavy grounds last year, and Kim Billy said it was a mistake to run him. Um, He was running him in a pretense qualifier at Exeter um, almost this week um, last year, um, and he ran his only bad race um, as a result. So uh, whether he turns up um, on very bad ground is a question. And of course, um, uh, I think the the advance going is soft rather than heavy at Ascot, but we're obviously expecting um, storms tomorrow. So um, things could get, um, get a bit tougher for them. So I'd be against Ozzy he know on the ground. I think he really does want good um, or quicker ground. His three runs um, over fences have come on good or good to firm ground. Um, so this would not necessarily be ideal for him. Uh, Annual Invictus as second favourite is a slightly odd one as well. He's a horse I like. He's in my 10 to follow. Uh, and I would very much like him to win a grade two um, <laughs> to keep that alive. Uh, but he looked an absolute pig at Plumpton last time out. He, he tailed himself off. Uh, he really made no effort through the middle part of the race, and then when they've turned for home, and he realizes that um, uh, that he can he can go back to uh, uh, to the horse box, he decided to run on. Um, so he ended up only being beaten uh, two and a quarter lengths there. But he was he was virtually tailed off on the home turn. Um, and whether you would trust him, again, he he had a, a pretty hard race at the entry uh, when he was favourite for a novice handicap chase in his previous start, and really tough conditions and uh, heavy ground there, and he was pulled up. And whether that sardom him a little bit I don't know it may well be that uh, Chris Gordon is a very good trainer will have nursed him back um, but the fact that he six cheek pieces on suggests that he thinks the horse needs all the help he can get um interestingly on his chase day uh, is sorry a second start over of offenses this season he actually broke a course record at Cheltenham um so although he had uh, plenty of form and soft and heavy ground over hurdles and um, his best chase form has come on on quick ground uh, again it, it's possibly just slightly jarred up that day because he hasn't looked quite the same horse um since winning at, uh, at Plumpton um and whether you would trust and who it best foot forward here is is open to debate um Korak Rambler ran very well um in the classic chase at Warwick last time out and, and has plenty of potential interestingly he wears a tongue tie uh, it looked like he was going to finish off that race pretty well at Warwick and he's always looked a thorough stayer but um he couldn't make any more progress over the last two or three fences there so maybe his breathing was was bothering him a little bit um and Doyen Breed ran pretty well I ran very well, if you like, behind three under five. Although I thought that race lacked depth, that grade two at Warwick last time out. So I thought the two I'd like to be with are the bottom two, Fernhill and and Jay Fouad. Fernhill was due to run against Braveman's game at Newbury last week, but was taken out. He prefers softer, heavy ground. He's going to get that. Uh, And he's a front runner. He jumps well. So that that's always a useful thing to have in the Reynolds town. If you can go forward and attack your fences, you put yourself in a good position. and that's similar to what Jay Fouad might do. So the pair of them might take each other on to a degree, but they're relative outsiders here. Um, they have more to come, um, and I think they'll be suited, better suited by the, the race conditions than some in here. Uh, Jay Fouad was actually last of five finishers uh, behind Korak Rambler at Cheltenham in December. I think people will look at that uh, form line and immediately rule him out as not being good enough. But he was um, he was a really progressive hurdler last season. He won on this card last year on soft ground over hurdles and showed improved form subsequently. Um, he badly needed the experience on his chase debut at Hexham. He was a little bit disappointing. But he didn't run that bad at Cheltenham. Um, it, that was on good ground. His best form is on, is on a pretty deep surface. So he just got outpaced, um, given the way that race was run. And I thought he wasn't knocked about by Max Kendrick and shaped as if he would do a fair bit better. He was giving um, quite a lot of weight away. He was giving £9 away to Cornac Rambler. So the fact that he was beaten... Um, 12 lengths in the end isn't isn't as bad as it looks he's, he's not you know he's reasonably closely matched with corner Rambler in that form um and i can see him improving markedly for that he will also improve for um the switch to very deep ground so i think he's value at 14 to 1 um but fernhill again looks, looks pretty solid as well and um, with with the front two in the market looking looking underpriced i would happily take two against them
0: 10-1 to 1 Fernhill, best price. And Jay foi 14-1 The two outsiders of the pack, the two that Rory wants to side with. Andrew, how do you see this? I,
3: I'm, I'm looking at it thinking, I'm not sure whether I'd want to be with the northern horses the way the weather conditions are. I, Sandy Thompson and Lucinda Russell, they'll have to travel them down, rattling around in the stables when it's really windy. Look, it, do, it doesn't suit horses in that respect. So I'd definitely be wary on that that footing, you're you've got more you're taking more chances as well with that kind of thing um fernhill i agree with rory because i think the grumpy charlie form on soft ground at newbury reads well grumpy charlie taking on brave man's game the ground was too quick for him the other day and yep. i still thought he ran well um but it, with ground conditions been on the slow side ben case's horses are in good nick um Laura Morgan's horses are in a lot better form now than they were earlier in the season. I'd agree. And does he know? Him? I think he's better off of going left-handed. He definitely has a tendency to drift that way a little bit. And when you look through his form, most of his best form is going left-handed. And as you say, Anil and Victus was very unconvincing last time out. Mm. I'm I'm in the Fernhill camp. Definitely. With, uh, with the form in the book, and he's lightly raced. As when you look through his form, he's definitely improving. And the, the, I think that was a very good run at Newbury last time out.
0: Fernhill, then the one for Andrew as well. 10 to 1, as I say, as short as 6 to 1 in places. By the way, that both Andrew and Rory are talking up his chances, could well be closer to the SP than the 10s you can get now. Um, move on then to the 225, the Swinley Chase. And we've got Fiddler on the Roof is a three to one favourite ahead of Ask Me Early at seven to two, Caribbean Boy fifteen to two, Larry and uh, Cobolobo, twelve to one, uh, Fortescue, fourteen to one. 14 to one hold that tort twenty to one, uh, Regal Encore twenty two, Trucker's Lodge and Sojourn, thirty three to one. Andrew,
3: uh, if Fiddler on the Roof wins this under this weight. He's He's BB Land of the Gold Cup, end of story. It's a heck of a lot of weight to give away on on slow ground. Um, that would be my concern for him. Ask me early. He's on a bit of a retrieval mission, you know, because he, he did have a, t- he, he was a... He had a tumble... He's had a tumble schooling, and that he's run over hurdles. He was meant to go for the... It was the well-publicised fall that Sean Bowen had before the Welsh Grand National. It's taking a bit of time to get him back. He'll have his ground conditions. And he's got a, he's got a lovely weight here. He'll be ridden very positively. Um, hopefully he's had a chance to get over those mental scars. Caribbean boy obviously won at Kempton last time out. Beat Smarty Wild who's run since. And I just wonder whether he's just better on a, an easy track. I'm looking a little bit further down at, at horses at bigger prices here. I thought hmm. Trucker's Lodge, the way the forecast is, with the real soft ground, it could be hard work and he's had a good break since he last ran. Paul Nichols, his horses are obviously with Brave Man's game winning, we, we think it's they're all healthy. and While it's another week on and he hasn't had that many runners, I'm willing to take a chance at the price with him. and Williams on board, who Underrated rider, very good horseman, <coughs> rides the horse regularly. For me, if you stuck Harry Cobden next to this horse's name, it'd be single figures in the betting. So from the price point of view, I think the Truckers Lodge has definitely got opportunities if we get the anticipated rain and with it been uh, this kind of, this could end up to be hard work and it would suit him down to the ground.
0: Twenty-two to one best price for Trucker's Lodge. Another one where it might pay to be quick, with him being as short as twelve to one elsewhere. Rory,
2: I could very, very easily see Fiddler on the Roof winning this. Um, uh, as Andrew says, it's a, um, it's a tough task in these conditions to give away weight, but um, class horses can do it. Um, and um, you know his his novice chase season went pretty well. He was a little bit disappointing in the middle of it but he finished off well and he got right back to his best uh, when winning the um the colin parker memorial at carlisle on his return um stepped up on that with an excellent second in the the Ladbrokes trophy um off a mark of 150. he's gone up five pounds for that but the front two were a long way clear and i think he deserves that um uh, connections hope that he's well treated for the grand national which he may he may well be but he will uh, as andrew says um he will potentially go for the gold cup uh, on the back of a big run here so if he if he wins or, or goes close um then uh, then he'll have the gold cup on his agenda which which would be interesting of course he was second in the um in the brown advisory last year um and although he just he threatened to disappoint a little bit last season the yard are back in top form now after mm. uh, you know quite a long sort of lean spell and i very much respect him brendan pyle by the way is riding tremendously well this season um he's really you know he he had a Cheltenham festival winner as a, as a young man um, and it looked like he was going places and then, and then he had, you know, a few years essentially in the wilderness. Um, but no, he's teamed up with, with Colin Tissart. It looked that it was very unlikely that he was going to, it was Colin who gave him his, his festival winner. And uh, there were other people in front of him there, um, in the queue, but he's managed to, to, um, to work his way in, uh, essentially a stable jockey and his riding this season has been tremendous, really good to see. Um, so I, I think he's got he's got a favourite chance. I think he's the right. He's the right favourite here. I don't like Caribbean boy, particularly. He seems to me a horse who who prefers um Andrew says maybe an easy track. I think he doesn't like too many horses around him, to be perfectly honest. He looked very promising when he won at Newbury um, uh, last season and then the, the wheels came off a little bit and he got <laughs> back on track winning at Kempton, but I thought it was a pretty soft race and then a, a tough handicap up on the weights i don't think he'd fancy it much to be perfectly honest uh the one i think could go well at a price here is fortescue uh 14 is a big big price about him he's really consistent um he was um i know he's only seventh in the uh in the labbrook's trophy but that was that wasn't a terrible performance given that the field got um i guess this up quite badly there um and he's run really well in his two runs since he was in front of a subsequent winner when he was uh, narrowly beaten uh by an unexposed rival at at Kempton over Christmas and then he was an excellent third uh behind Royal Bagai um in the Peter Marsh last time out uh that was a really solid performance he always puts it in um Hugh Nugent knows him pretty well and claims five off his back so he gets in here with ten stone seven I know he's gone up in the weights a little bit since the start of the season but really consistent uh, chaser on soft ground and is equally um adept at going right hand at his left so I think he's going to run a solid race and if you're looking for an each way punt on the race he looks a lot safer than most
0: Fortescue 14 to 1 best price and uh, positive words as well for Fiddler on the Roof, who's currently 3 to 1 best price, as short as 7 or 4 elsewhere. Uh, on then to the um, handicap hurdle, the next one, the 3 o'clock, and good risk at all is the 15 to 8 favourite ahead of Captain Matan at 4 to 1. Zachary Rebel 11 to 2. Highway 102 <coughs> is 9 to 1. Ballybeg 11 to 1. Piccadilly Lily. 12 to 1, uh, 14 to 1, bar those ones. Uh, Rory, will stick with you for this one.
2: Uh, not much of a price, but it's very, very hard to get away from Good Risk at all. who was laid out for the Betfair hurdle <clears> last week. Um, but uh, Sam Thomas misread the conditions, um, and he would planned to run him on the Sunday after the weights had closed um, to get his third run in. Unfortunately, that meant that he wasn't qualified for the race. Uh, Sometimes for the Grand National, for example, you can run on the Sunday, and then the way it's come out a couple of days later, so Snow Leopard S was able to run um, at Exeter last weekend. But unfortunately, for good risk at all, his run didn't qualify him for the race. Um, uh, but and it was a tad disappointing, you'd say last time on Handicap debut, but he wouldn't have, you know, he was that run was was a means to an end. Um, his bumper form is terrific um, and he handled heavy grind. He was a winner in heavy grind at, at Cheltenham. He was um, second, sorry, he was a winner of that very good listed bumper. Uh, we saw the latest renewal off last weekend. Um, and he ran into John Bon um on his mm-hmm. uh, second start over hurdles. So uh, his jumping wasn't great. Uh, his jumping actually was pretty dreadful on debut. It was better at Newbury. He's still learning in that department, but he's he's ended up getting a reasonably low handicap mark as a result. And based on the ability he showed um in bumpers and his pedigree, he really should be a lot better than one, two seven. So I'm expecting him to win this with um. Uh, with a bit to spare. I know that it looks a pretty competitive handicap hurdle on paper but I'd be disappointed if good risk at all is not a 140 plus horse and off, off his current mark, as long as he jumps reasonably cleanly, um, he should have a bit to spare over these.
0: One for the favourite backers there, hopefully good risk at all, 15 to 8 for Sam Thomas, the one for Rory here Andrew, Can you find anything to take on the fav with or do you you th- an agreement?
3: I think for the, from an each, I'm going to each way perspective with Ballybeg for Kerry Lee, uh, Darren McConville taking the 10 off the blinkers first time had a bigger effect on this horse but you talked to the last time out on heavy ground and he's had um, he's got obviously returns them this time around it's a step up in class but with that 10 pound off 10 7 on his back and just gotta sneak the fi- the yards horses are and uh, not a vast amount of runners but they're running okay and um you know as like Father Richard heavier the better it really couldn't be heavy enough for their horses uh, so 10 stone 7 obviously good risk at all he's got um, he probably said he's been knocking on the door but I think at the prices with what I class as a, a jockey that not, a, not not an awful lot of people know about um, claiming claim 10 it's a, it's a big help on this sort of ground he knows the horse well and um, it could just turn into a, a thorough test of stamina. And I always think with a, these kind of races, has been later on in the card where the ground's been opened up and it's been cut up. It's got more opportunity. The more rain they get, the better for valley Beg, and I think he's a good each-way proposition.
2: And Darren McConville's been been impressive uh, thus far. I know he, he obviously hasn't had many winners because he's still claiming 10, but he was very unlucky not to win this guy Bet Chase on Storm Control. I, I saw him win on that horse at Newbury. And i thought he handled him like a you know like an experienced pro that day uh very cool head um, rode the horse um uh, to give him confidence and then he's almost traveled too well in this guy bet Chase. he's got clear um after the second last and the horse has just got lonely and has got mugged again by a horse that he'd gone away from um and you can not really blame the jockey for that i think a really experienced jockey maybe would have would have um kept company for a bit longer but in the game that long uh, I thought uh, again he would give him a lovely ride, so yeah, I'd, I'd give a thumbs up to John McConnell.
3: And also, I'd just echo the fact that as well that you know you got mugged by somebody who's gotten that much experience around the northern tracks in Sean Quinlan. That um, he, to me, he just got unlucky. Um, he, he'd say, did the right? Should he have hung on to him longer? Well, possibly, but you know, I'd you'd rather see him getting there and getting mugged from a punter's point of view than holding on to them and not getting there at all.
0: Mm. Yeah, fair point. Ballybeg there, 11 to 1, best price as it is, the one to take on the each way play maybe uh, for Andrew, positive words from both the guys about the jockey. Uh, on then to the big race of the day, the big race of the weekend, uh, the Ascot Chase and we've got Fakir Duderis is the 3 to 1 favourite ahead of 9 to 2. Fanny and Destreval and St. Calvados, Mr. Fisher, 5 to 1. Daschle Drasher, 6 to 1. Lost in Translation, 10 to 1 waiting patiently and two for gold, both 25 to one eight runners as it stands here. But, you know, as we've mentioned with conditions, the way they are a fair chance that some could come out by Saturday. Um, but all eight that were entered were declared today. Um, Rory, you know, lots of, as we'd expect, um, quality horses here, uh, in a pretty open affair. Do you think the market at the moment has it, has it right?
2: Roughly. Although I would actually make some Calvado's favorite for this. Mm. Um, uh, you know, you can't really knock uh, Fakir Dujari. He's got um, he, he's got a couple of seasons of of very solid chase form. Um, he's been running against the best, and he's a pretty consistent performer. Uh, but Saint Calvados is a horse who's who's um, uh, promised to do a fair bit better than than uh, than he has of late. He's um, he's not had an awful lot of luck. He travelled really well on the King George last year and didn't quite get the the three miles, having having taken a, a fair grip. Um, and this year, um, jockey error. Um, I mean, mm. the chip probably would have beaten them anyway but I think Jockey Error stopped him from, from looking a, a big winner there um, they went pretty hard there and then Gavin Sheehan having done the right thing in the early stages and had him held up towards the back of the field has rushed him up um, mm. on the home turn and he hasn't got home from there uh, he's shaped almost like the best horse in the race that day um, he um, he was a non-runner in the Ryanair last season I'd backed him at the post and I couldn't I couldn't believe he was taken out in good to soft ground <laughs> uh you know given he'd won on, on a similar surface prior to that um but yes yeah, as, as a novice his best form was in heavy ground he, he sh- he's shown since that, that he doesn't need it deep but he's very very effective when the ground is is testing um and again he doesn't quite stay three miles so two mile five in, in this ground should be absolutely ideal for St Calvados uh and it's his best opportunity of um of of winning a big race um he's he wore a tongue tie last time the tongue tie's on again uh he'd maybe be a little bit. With your heart in your mouth after the last fence, because it's probably the um, getting towards the the uh, the limit of his stamina. But he's almost got three miles a couple of times Ryan Kempton, uh, and so this trip should be should be perfect for him. Um, again, we're hoping that Paul Nichols is is out of the woods after that uh, that bar and spell. And I think St Calvados also take a lot of beating, and he's a, an interesting runner in the Ryanair if it comes up on the soft side there as well.
0: And 92 best price for this at the moment. And we spoke earlier about the Ryanair but with Barry. Would he be the one that you'd be? you would take at the moment to, to take on uh,
2: I'd I'd see him through this race first, I think this is a very okay. good opportunity for him, um, and again given that, you know, Connections took him out of the race um, on the morning of it last year, when, when he was I think mm. second or third favourite for it, um, would put you off back in a manti post, I don't know whether that was trainer's decision or owner's decision um, but all the owner's horses left the trainer uh, shortly after that, so um, you can fill in the gaps there I'd be, um yeah, I think he'd definitely be on the shortlist for the Ryanair. Um, but again, you're kind of you're, you're betting each way against Alahul there, really, as it stands yeah. at the moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. St. Carvados, there, the one for Rory Andrew. How do you see this?
2: Uh, I think I think this is as good a
3: renewal as we've had in a fair while. There's mm. there's depth. Bearing in mind last year's winner is what eleven to two, six to one, Dashil Drasher. Mm. Uh, he will, you know, the 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 softer the conditions, the better it'll suit him, but I don't think it wasn't the strongest renewal last year. And this is far, far deeper. And I think the the market's got it right. Last lost in translation, obviously fifth in the uh, the King George. Uh, he's on but still on a retrieval mission. Two for gold had a hard race for me down at Lingfield. Um, that may leave its mark in a race of this nature where you've got horses that have been prepped for it. Again, Fakadere Dairy with the wind and the travelling for this horse—that that would worry me a, a little from a price perspective as well. With um, you know stormy conditions, having to travel across, and that that would definitely worry me. i um, I'm, I'm think that Mr Fisher, what I saw last time out was the Mr Fisher we've been waiting to see for a fair while, and the form of his beating of Eldorado Allen, who bo- boosted that form at Newbury. Reads particularly well, and I thought that James Boyne got on exceptionally well with him. Mm. Um, he had a obviously he pulled up in the King George, but he was I won't say he was just half fit, but it was a good prep run for his run last time out. You know, he he, he traveled all right till down the back straight. He got t- literally got tired turning in, and a bit of brotherly, brotherly love. He pulled him up, Sean Bowen pulled him up, and because um, James... um. It was a gent, yeah, yeah. So it, you know, it was it was a case of James would have ridden the horse at um, at Kempton, but obviously for for other circumstances, with him getting knocked out. So I think Mister Fisher. I think he's a classy horse. He probably needs things to go right for him, uh, but he certainly deserves a crack at this. And you know, he's he's in there with a, a good chance off the back of a
2: perfect preparation. Only, only thing I threw in there with was, was Mr. Fisher, he does look up, <coughs> have a nice setup there, but his record in Grade One company is 84 four P U P, which is a little <laughs> bit off putting. Uh, he seems to save his best runs for for uh, Grade Twos. But, I, I, um,
3: I, I think he's just as healthy now as he's he's been just the way he's had the perfect. Obviously, a look back to that, but was he ready for it at the time? Probably not.
2: No, that's a, that's that's a that's an interesting enough point. And these, you know, the way he uh, clearly the run last time out has worked out very well with with El Dorado Allen going and, and winning the the Denman um, next time out. But I do have my slight my slight fears that he's a he's a bit vulnerable against the very best around. But we shall see. And can
3: Evan, can, can Evan Williams bring back words impatiently?
0: Well, I, I was going to say, yeah, Christian Williams.
3: The you know, has has the potential or had the potential. You know, Mm -hmm. you could basically put a line through his first run for the yard, couldn't you? Because he he literally, I think somebody had put a blindfold over him jumping the the first fence. It's as if he he didn't see it. He just didn't operate. So he'll have had every little bit of help that he could do. He loved this heavy ground. You know, it'd be interesting to see how he goes. There's loads of pace on in the race. The race will be run to suit him. And it'll be very interesting to see. If you'll know your fate as as soon as this Mm. horse has jumped three, three or four fences, you'll have an idea. And he could be the type of horse that you may back in running after you've seen him jump a few fences.
0: Yeah, twenty-five to one, waiting patiently. The winner of this race back in two thousand and eighteen, and you know, as Andrew says, there probably uh, in terms of 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 what he's done, he's probably got the. Almost the pick of the form of the lot, but just a couple of poor runs recently. Um, pulled up the last two times, but second to Frodon, Frodon in the King George back in in twenty twenty as well. So it's not too it's not ancient history that we saw him operating at a very high level.
2: Yeah, and of course he beat Frodon by fifteen lengths um, and more when he won this race. A BQ card um, by mm. by three lengths, two and three quarter lengths. Frodon fifteen lengths behind them in third that day. So we know what he could do. It's just a question of whether or we can turn the clock back.
0: Over to Haydock now, where we're going to cover two races: the Rendlesham Hurdle and the uh, Grand National Trial. Thomas Darby is the fifteen to eight favourite in the two hundred five. Uh, Molly's Ollie's Wishes five to two, third Wind, nine to two. Topval Ben uh, seven to one, Emma Tom, eleven to one, and Holstone, fourteen to one. Andrew,
3: uh, I like Molly's Ollie's Wishes here, um, especially in the getting the, the receipt of plenty of weight off Thomas Derby as well. the B- Mare, she's, uh, she's had a good break. She handles plenty of cut underfoot. And as you say, she's a real strong tabler. I think it will help because in a race like this, you're going to have the likes of Topville Ben wanting to make sure this is a real good test. And she has a good turn of foot. And um, round a sharp track like Haydock, three miles, I think that should be just just play to her strengths. Um, and the longer you hang on to her, the better she is. And I think, you know, Har- Harry Skelton knows now how to play it. You just leave it late. And don't don't expect to see her upsides at the last either, because it's a long run in at Haydock. I could just, it, for me, Harry Skelton would be very happy for the others to get to work him to be two lengths down, jump in the last with such a long running, pull out wide, go on, do your challenging. Mm. I think that, I think, just think the race would be um, run to suit her. So um, I'd be,
2: I'd be playing her against the favours.
0: Molly's Zolli's wishes there. The one for Andrew at five to two, Rory.
2: Yeah, she should be favourite for this. Um, uh, she's easily the most reliable in this field. Um, she wasn't at her best in the, um, um, in the Ascot Hurdle, the Coral Ascot Hurdle at, uh, um, in, uh, in November. Aside from that, she's been she's been very good. She was impressive in listed company over a, a trip too short for her uh, weather to be on her return. She's ridden very aggressively there to, to bring her stamina into play. Um, and then um, she showed that she stays a stiff um, three miles with a cosy win at Ascot last time. She won, with, she won that with a fair bit to spare, to be honest. It was set up for her. Um, the, the leader went off far too hard and my sister Sarah didn't ever really look to be travelling particularly well but uh, the clock shows it was a good performance and there was more in the tank as well uh, she will uh, love the conditions the track will suit her as well and there are lots of question marks against the others Um Holson's coming off a very long absence uh, when, and he's an 11 year old now Topfield Ben is using this as a prep for the national um, whether he uses his normal tactics is, is, um, uh, is a bit of a question as well but he did make all the running at Lingfield last time out so he probably will uh Emma Tom is, is one of two previous winners of this race he won it in 2020 but he's never fulfilled his potential um he's a horse he always looked like he might he might make up into a a really top class chaser but his jumping's been henry and i described him as the worst jumper she's ever seen um when uh, when and warren he, Griffiths R- sent him to be schooled she's
3: seen a lot of jumpers as well she
2: certainly well. Ha- he certainly has so um uh so she she you know she did a lot of work with him um, but he's never really had the confidence in it, and he doesn't take a cut at either his hurdles or his fences. Um, and, yeah, he, he's kind of a no-man's-lands, Emma Tom. Uh, Thomas Darby is the classiest horse in the race, but he doesn't always want to put it in, and he didn't want to put it in at Ascot last time out. Um, his win at, at Newbury was a strange run, because it looks really good form now, and he, and he did that. He was hard on the bridle with two to jump, but he mm. looked beaten turning out of the back straight. And oddly enough, um, he stumbled uh, on landing at the, maybe the fourth last hurdle, a couple of them got away from him, um, but they've maybe gone for home too soon, and uh, he's got a bit of mm-hmm. confidence from from chasing them down. But he he isn't he isn't a horse who who shows his form um, two runs in a row. So you can't you can't trust him at a short price to get the job done. More than capable of winning this race, um, but he's a hard horse to back at a short price. Uh, and third wins um, he won this race last year. He's going to run a decent race again, and he's probably the danger. But giving seven pounds to Molly all his wishes probably too much for him
0: probably too much Molly Zolly's wishes the combined both guys um going after him at five to two the one to side with in there that one and then on to the grand national trial uh the final race we'll be previewing on the show and secret reprieve is the 11 to 4 favorite ahead of sam brown at 11 to 2 uh, on guard is 8 to 1 black lion 8 to 1 bristled and my 8 to 1 as well the galloping bear 10 to 1 time to get up 12 to 1 Lord de Mesnil and uh, Mint Condition both 14s. Um Sidney Ismail is 22 to 1 and Kaluki 25 to 1, Rory. Uh, a
2: really a really tough one that I that I struggle to to um to find a standout in to be perfectly honest. I'd love to see Bristol de May do it, but I'm concerned about the fact that this comes pretty quick um after a hard run in the uh, the Florida Lease chase at Lingfield um that probably counts against him and sam brown similarly a horse i like um he's never taken his racing particularly well and this is this is uh pretty quick after the peter marsh i say pretty quick. it's, it's four weeks but for mm-hmm. horses who are a little who've shown themselves to be a little bit fragile um you wonder whether they'll be at their best four weeks on from from uh, pretty um tough races I, I can see old black lion running well again he's um he ran a huge race in the national last year if you if you look at that look back at that um most of those who fought out the finish were reasonably handy, and you've got to be handy at entry these days. Black Lion was last in the early stages, and yet he's come through the field to throw down a challenge with two to jump before he's got tired uh, from those exertions. And he's looked, I wouldn't say as good as ever this season, but he's been rejuvenated by Dan and he's got two good wins, both at this track on soft and heavy ground. And he's going to run another decent race. Um, unfortunately, I think he's going to miss the cut for the national, which is a shame. I know he's a 13-year-old now, but. You know he, he he loves the entry um and it's a, just a a shame that he's probably going to miss out i think he's he's about 60th on the list so he might he might just creep in um and he'd be an interesting contender in the national if it turns out soft or heavy uh, but this race will suit him um there are one or two yo- uh, younger horses who are, who are unexposed in here he might just have his legs but i can see him running a decent race uh, and hitting the frame again he might struggle to bring up that half trick but he'll he'll go down trying that's for sure
0: Pat Lyon, eight to one there
3: for Rory. Uh, Andrew, I'm in agreement with Rory. God, his last two wins at Haydock have been blown, blown, blown him apart, and he's he's well, still well handicapped on his old form, especially with Bristol Demise staying in here. To, keeps the weights down. That is that's massive, and I'd echo exactly what he said about Sam Brown and Bristol Demise. Hard horses to train, two runs in four weeks. That's what it boils down to, and. It, that, that is an easy secret reprieve. You know, he's sad that he's not going to get into another national after m- missing out before. Um, I think, you know, he, he, he is a class horse. He's a Welsh national winner. But the price just, it's it's skinny. And obviously this is a, a real tough test. But yeah, Black Lion, I think time, obviously time to get up who was, um is, is a young horse on the up. You know, Midlands Grand National winner, um, but I just I just feel that the way the conditions are it at hey Haydock, they're right up Black Lion Street, and um, you know, as far as being a thirteen-year-old, that 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 doesn't worry me because we know he had a light campaign. He was bought for, as a Grand National contender by Darren Yates to run in it. He got a touch of a leg. He had to have time off. He's given the time. It's been a little while to come back, but he, you know, for for a national unhorse, I think he's only had about thirty-five runs in his career. That that isn't a lot of racing, and you know, as as I well know and you well know, Rory, <laughs> age is only but a <laughs> <laughs> number. <Not my
0: life. laughs> <laughs> well, the all important number here is eight to one, which is Black Line. Both Andrew and Rory going after uh, Black Line there at eight to one. The tip for the 2.40, uh, the Grand National Trial at Haydock on Saturday. Uh, That brings our weekend preview, uh, Alaska and Haydock, to a close. Thank you very much to Andrew Thornton and to Rory Delagi and, of course, 888 Sport for sponsoring the podcast and their ambassador, Barry Garrity for joining us as well. Do download the Odds Checker app for all the best prices. Bookie offers free bets, place terms and some of the very best tipsters in the game, including Andy Holding, who's currently sunning himself on a sunbed somewhere. Uh, Very jealous. He deserves it, though, I think just about, Um, uh, but we will be speaking to him again in a couple of weeks, so do subscribe to our YouTube channel, or you can get the podcast on any podcast provider as well, hopefully we've given some value there somewhere, I'm sure there will be a couple of winners hopefully in amongst it, but please do ensure that whilst you're enjoying the racing, you're gambling responsibly.